Hello guys and welcome to episode 4 of the Swirly Tape where we talk all things Christ and crucified. My name is John. My name is Ephraim. And I'm Jerome. And today's topic is, we still haven't decided the title, it's a toss up between why you don't need to die daily and why you don't need to crucify your flesh. So whichever one of these appears. Um, or Suicide Squad Christianity. Yeah, tackling <laughs> or destroying the myth what we like to call suicide suicide <coughs> squad christianity so jay I'll kick us off um so you call well <laughs> i don't want to say we like to make fun but we just <laughs> no, kind no, of poke at holes let's just say we like to poke a, li- a little bit of holes at christians you know that <clears throat> obviously it's all it's all good and well it's nothing malicious but you know christians that love this whole <clears throat> crucifying your flesh or you have to die daily or you have to you know do xyz to die as if christ what christ did on the cross wasn't enough but anyway we'll, we'll touch that later um <clears throat> so for my experience i remember like let's say three years ago around 2017 26 four years ago 2016 um and even 2015 actually anyway everything before i came into this message properly Yep, I used to be one of those people that used to try to kill their flesh every day. I don't know how that works. Let's be honest, because your flesh is spiritual. I don't know if I, if there's a spiritual knife where I just go boom and it comes out. I don't know what happens in it. But anyway, so I remember back, I remember back then, um, in terms of my lifestyle, the way I used to live every single day, it was literally a battle between supposedly killing the flesh and then living, you know, how God has called us to live and living in, from the new man. Um I remember, let's take a specific time where I was doing these 12 a.m. prayers, these third watch, fourth watch prayers that we, you know, we love because, <laughs> you know, there's spiritual activity that goes on. So we have to be the our prayers because witches, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the witches and warlocks are praying. <laughs> if you don't pray, then the witches are going to have their way. I will never forget a time. I will never forget the day when, <clears throat> when, um, so this is when we had kind of called off from that prayer stuff. Like we'd, we'd um, I think we'd taken a small break. And so when we resumed again, I remember the person that was leading it, he had, he literally said, whilst we, were sli- whilst we stopped praying or in quotation marks, sleeping, the devil has now retaken some of the territory that we've gained. I said, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe that. But that's for another day, isn't it? So yeah, during those times, I know all Christians have been told, if you, you when you you have to wake up during those times to pray, and if you're sleeping, then your then your flesh is taking over. Or if you're or if you have no desire to pray during those hours, or if you have no desires to pray, that's your flesh taking over, and this like and this and that. So I used to pray around twelve, um, then sometimes at three, well mainly around three, and then later on two hours later at five o'clock. So I was barely sleeping, and it was nuts, man. It was nuts. <clears throat> And this was all because I wanted to crucify my flesh and not be, you know, sleeping and, you know, take out the witches and warlocks, overcome my flesh, do whatever I was supposed to be doing during, during those times. I don't know what I was doing then, but anyway, or what we were doing anyway. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> and this was all to crucify the flesh. And it doesn't make sense. Now that I'm in this message, that doesn't make sense. I just literally lost hours of sleep that my body needed for me to grow. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's that another situation was when i used to let's say interact with people around me i used to be 
because I had this whole mindset of flesh versus um the new man. Um, whenever I did things wrong, I would always say, okay, cool, this is my flesh, and I need to crucify it. So my focus became on became crucifying the flesh rather than <clears throat> focusing on who I was in Christ. That like the flesh is already dead, and me acting out of character was just li- was literally just a malfunction, like a glitch. So what I would do is I'll sit there and I'll call my friends like, yo, this happened. How am I meant to crucify the flesh? How am I meant to do this? How am I meant to do that? This and that, this and that. And it was literally a consistent battle of trying to come out of this ghastly flesh, as we call it. This this disgusting entity that we call the flesh. <laughs> and literally, <clears throat> I was literally, it's like you're literally caught up in a cage. You're literally in a, what do you call it? Like a prison, an open prison. Because the funny thing is when you come to know the truth, you realise that the door has always been open. You just walk out. That's it. But I was literally in that... <laughs> <laughs> I was literally in that cage for, for a very long time, a very long time, and I never really enjoyed um, the Christianity. I never really saw the fruits of what Christ really done because I had this mindset of crucifying the flesh. But yeah, that's me. Yeah, for you go. <clears throat> yeah, as um, Jerome said, this whole demonization of the flesh um, leads to us not really enjoying our walk um, the way we should. And so I can test, definitely testify for that. Um, <coughs> I would, um, like, I'll just be chilling with my friends and um, I'll just leave. I'll at least spend time with God, man. Maybe I'm, I spend too much time outside getting contaminated. I spend time with God. Um, and in that secret place is where I um in the flesh. And so I had this um weird belief which was really actually must and lost it to go into um that this flesh was just inherently evil. The more time I spend with, with God in the secret place is where I'm becoming more and more spiritual, more and this my spirit is was coming to more and more to light. <clears throat> and which it started to not make sense to me a while ago actually because I was like, well, at some point I need to I want to demonstrate Jesus, I have to be able to take this outside of here. So how is it that it's just here? But I never really questioned it because this kind of stuff is not taught. And so um, the whole crucifying the flesh ring, I would like um, not really go and see like, my friends, um, neglected some of my friends as well. Whereas like, it's like what, with what I now know in this message, the most Christ-like thing would be to be with them. And that doesn't mean that we negate personal time with God. No, we're not saying that. Um, there is no flesh to to crucify, which we'll get onto as well. But yeah, um, it's, it's, it's just it's a load of crap, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole um, the myth of of the flesh being crucified. I don't know how I came out of it. Oh, so essentially, the whole you need to crucify the flesh is basically this question of: Do you still have indwelling sin? Mm-hmm. And if you do, where does it come from? Um, which is like rooted in Romans 7 <clears throat> and a few verses here and there throughout the New Testament that people kind of cherry pick, basically string together to bring this whole narrative of there's still something wrong with me. But when I was 15, I had an encounter, 14 maybe, I had an encounter with God. Um, you have encounters? Encounter, like, oh, yeah. This, that, this was the encounter. <laughs> this is like the only like real encounter I had. I had like a dream. You used to have encounters, and, uh, real encounters. And I experienced the manifest presence of God, as we call it. 
<laughs> and um, after that dream, I didn't I didn't sin for like three days. And so I like I knew I experienced that like it was possible to live sin free. That that always stuck with me. Now of course the flesh die daily people will be like, oh, that's impossible. You said every day. So I already knew this like in my heart that like we could do that. We could live without sin. Um, but it's not taught. It's very much taught. You will always sin. There's something wrong with you, and it's because your flesh is still here. There's something inherently wrong with this physical body. Uh, it's evil. That's why we look forward to death, where we we are finally freed from sin because we are we leave this body and enter into the spirit, as Ephraim said, which is super gnostic. I'm trying to think of some examples of of my trying to crucify the flesh, or kind of the things that I would <clears throat> read. I used to read a lot of Christian books. There was a book forgotten who it was by it was one worship leader from like if it wasn't the brownsville revival it was revival it was one of these outpourings uh i think leonard cooley something cooley lindell cooley i think it was i think it was his book oh yeah, yeah. It might have been his book and um he used the old testament uh the tabernacle as kind of the pattern because the tabernacle shows us how to approach god the tabernacle shows us the different stages you know you need to be cleansed in the water basin all these things right <laughs> so I've forgotten exactly how we used it but i had a friend my friend chelsea who just got a first class by the way shout out to chelsea well done um, well done she she was in this message then kind of in this message so i remember reading the book and then like talking to her about what i was reading and there was one point where he was basically like we similar to what Ephraim said we need to spend time with god if this isn't lindell cooley i'm sorry but it was someone like that we need to spend time with god uh, away from the rest of the world because as we're in the world the longer we're in it the longer we're interacting with people where like the dirt of the world is getting on us and then as we go and spend time with god then we're cleansed and washed of it she was like that makes no sense but also that does like you live in this world like you're always here like well i don't understand how does that and i was like no 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 but they saw a revival so there must be something to what they said <laughs> stuff like that right um and obviously people use romans 7 which we i don't know if we're going to go into that today but we have like a whole teaching on that on the platform channel um it was very much yes there's something wrong with you you have flesh that needs to be killed uh, <laughs> you'll never stop sinning and because i'd already lived a little bit in this freedom from sin thing it was like that doesn't sound right it's this idea that like jesus dealt with sin but i can't live that freedom that that doesn't i don't understand how that's when we talk about victory in Christ, it's like, well, what's the victory if we're still slaves to sin? And I was like, people say, oh, but you're not a slave to sin. It's like, well, if I keep sinning, and like, I can't, I can't ever, if I can't ever live free from sin, then I'm surely a slave, right? Why are we not calling a spade a spade? That's exactly what it is. Um, and I used to hear all the proof text verses, oh, well, you know, Paul said I die daily. I remember having a debate with one of my friends on it. He's like, what about this? What about Hebrews ten fourteen? What about so? When I now came into this message, mystical union really, really hammers this home. Like, your flesh is dead. That's that's what happened on the cross. You were crucified with Christ. The old man, that sinful nature, that flesh, was crucified on the cross. <coughs> and uh, that's dead. That's gone. So, one of the verses that everybody used, which is kind of where we got the title of this from, is First Corinthians fifteen thirty one. Which is where Paul says, you know, I die daily. Now, I'd only ever heard that. I'd never seen it in its context. I didn't really know what Paul was talking about. Um, and then I did some research. 
So, this is how it reads in the NIV. I face death every day. This is how it reads in the NLT. For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. Hmm. This is how it reads in the NET. Every day I'm in danger of death. Hold on a second. I was told that this verse is about we crucify my flesh every day and Paul was living the same struggle I was and that's what Romans 7 was talking about but he was also mentioning it here. But even in verse 30 when he talks about basically the whole of first Corinthians 15 is where Paul kind of defends the gospel um, and the resurrection. The fact that like, the resurrection happened it needed to happen for us to be saved. And he's like if, if this if this thing isn't true then what are we, why are we going through what we're going through? Why are we being why are we suffering all this persecution? And that's kind of what Paul is getting at <coughs> for this verse 31. So in context, it has nothing to do with Paul having like a lifelong battle with sin that he just can't seem to win or anything like that. And when I realised that that like key verse to this whole dying daily thing was like not anything to do with that, then I, I, I kind of thought, I have a feeling all the other verses that people use are the same way. Mm-hmm. So another one uh, with that whole indwelling sin thing is Colossians 3.5. Where you know it talks about mortifying your members or put to death. The uh, I, I don't know the NLT. The NLT guys love pushing this agenda. If you it's read the NLT, it's honestly people need to know this. Your Bibles, a lot of Bibles have translation bias in them. The translators have a certain theology, and they translate the Bible according to that theology. If you understand theology, you see it. You see people's biases in the scriptures. So especially with the NLT, because they believe so heavily in indwelling sin, they all like it's, they slap this sinful nature thing anywhere they can. Now the word sarks in the flesh, sorry, the word sarks in the Greek is what flesh is. So flesh is the word sarks. Um, and it can mean physical body or it can mean this sinful nature slash old man that Paul was talking about. But with the NLT, they love slapping it in as sinful nature, sinful nature. Now the NIV did the same thing, but some guys, thankfully, uh, Andrew Farley, I know was one of the guys there, I think Zondervan were the guys that um, yeah, produced it or whatever. Kind of had a chat with them and was like, you guys aren't you guys aren't translating this correctly because it's right. So the NIV started changing their, their translations back from the sinful nature thing to just the word flesh, where there's no, <coughs> there's no inherent bias. So with that Colossus 3.5 scripture, I always get, we get like a, a few scriptures always lobbed at us about the flesh that we need to crucify. So yes, yeah, see? Your earthly body is sinful because I, I had a, you know, the NLT puts it as something like uh, the sinful things which are like lurking in your body. It's, like, oh, mm. this is so embedded in me. I'm just so evil. There's nothing I can do. Put that thing to death. <laughs> and um, this is how the NASB translates it. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Immorality, impurity, etc. So hold on. So the word in the Greek is necrosate. Now, necrosate can mean to kill, like to put to death, but it can also mean to view as a corpse or without life. To regard but not make. Now, we'll go through some scriptures in a second as to why this makes more sense and actually aligns more with what Paul was teaching because we are told multiple times through the epistles, in almost every single epistle, that the old man is dead. That's Colossians 3.3. That's all of Romans 6. That's Colossians 2.11. It's like literally, it's everywhere. And in Romans 6.11, we're told that we're meant to reckon ourselves dead to sin. Why? Because we have died to sin. So our only job is to see things that way. So then when we read in the NASB and how they translate it, where it says, consider the members of your earthly body as dead, that makes a lot more sense. 
especially because in verse nine, you're then told, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Again, it's gone back to the past. You've already put him off. You've already, the old man is already dead. You've put him off with his deeds, right? So that's just a couple of the scriptures. But who wants to go into hammering home this actual gospel message that the flesh is dead? Continue to be my guest. <laughs> huh? No, be my guest. Go on. Oh, I should nominate you, but thanks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> where should I begin? Uh, right. So to begin with, this is a verse that we all we've all heard before, and it's like. It relates to so many different topics, but this is um, one of them. And Colossians 2.20 is where I'm going to go. Do you mean Galatians 2.20? No. I mean Galatians. Yeah, but then this one also says, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world. Oh, okay, that one. All right, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, well, actually, yeah, both of them. Were. I was going to go there as well, actually. Um, so yeah, Colossians 2.20 Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? And then it continues to go on and say, do not touch them, not taste them, blah, 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 blah. So, right off the bat here, we already see Paul saying, if you have died, if you died with Christ, it's already a past tense principle already. We're going to um, Galatians 2.20 now. <clears throat> And like John said, this is like it's literally littered throughout the whole all of the epistles. This is the most probably the most famous one. So I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now, what we need to realize is that Christ's death was not just something that He did for us. It's something He He did as us. And so now we don't just share <clears throat> in um, his, this new identity. Uh, oh yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm holy. I'm this. I'm this. And that we also shared in his death. We also shared in his resurrection. So now that's what it means when we say that we are co-crucified with him. Always hammering home here that we have, we have already that flesh was crucified with him, and now the, the life we now will live in the flesh, <coughs> that being our bodies, Christ is the one living it through us. One way um, I've heard it put before is that um, we died back then, which is also Ephesians 2, what, 1, I, I believe. Um, so we were dead in our sins. Christ gave us life. So Christ is the one continuing his life in, in us now. So it's not, it's not, it's not us anymore. Um, it's, not, it's not our old man anymore. We have now become our new man. So I think one of our confessions in, um, at the platform is that um, Jesus created one new man. <clears throat> That was through his, his death, burial, and resurrection. And so that's what we live in now. It's, I don't know how many other verses there, there, there are on this. I have so it. I'm slapping yeah. with a wall, fam. <laughs> you know, no, you know what's crazy? You just reminded me. So Galatians 2.20, I remember, I remember people twist. It's crazy how when you have this lens, you will miss what the scriptures say. It clearly says, I have been crucified. <clears throat> Galatians 5.24 tells us, that the flesh was crucified. Yeah. Those who are Christ, those who belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts or with its passions and desires. So the flesh is crucified. 
But then people use that to say that we need to die daily. It's like, hold on, have you not read what the verse freaking says? It doesn't say, <laughs> they, I they am become crucifying. prayer points. Or, <laughs> it doesn't say, I am crucifying. It doesn't say, I need to crucify. It says, has been done. Crucified, duh. Now, I heard, I heard people spin this, these verses, these verses to say, this was Paul talking from his experience as an apostle in his maturity. So the reason that Paul had basically reached the place where he could say, I have crucified the flesh. But until we reach that same place, we can't say that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so the it's explanations nuts. that we have, oh my gosh. Man, it's crazy. <clears throat> because the problem is, Paul doesn't just say that he has, he says we have. It's not just Paul. It's not like special to Paul. We're told that in Colossians 3.3, 3, that you, he says it to them, he says, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now Christ is your life. That's what he says in verse four. So this whole dying daily, the flesh needs to. Not that. Flesh funny, died funny. with Christ. Christ crucified. He crucified Adam. He died as the old man, and now we're in Christ. We're new creations. This is what it means. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. So that old man, that sinful nature, <clears> has <throat> passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And then if you want to know where all these things that are in you are from, he then tells us in verse 18, all these things are of God. So all the new things that are in you are from God. It's not from Satan or from the flesh. or That's not what Paul says. And actually, I'd always heard these verses from a spiritual warfare perspective. Mm. Uh, we war not against flesh and blood. It was like, oh, it's not the witches. It's the, it's the spirits behind the witches. Oh, like, right. But then I, when I realised that we'll do a whole spiritual warfare episode, um, but when I realised that spiritual warfare was very much mental, um, then it was a hold on. So then we don't war against flesh and blood. So this is not the enemy. Our flesh yeah. is not the enemy. Why? Because the flesh yeah, is yeah. dead. So it's just everywhere. And I just, it's, it's crazy to me that like sound doctrine completely twists and ignores these scriptures to then push this you need to still die narrative. Something is inherently wrong with you. Christ's death wasn't actually enough to fix you. It wasn't enough to get rid of the old man. You now need to do something. <clears throat> so Jerome, touch on that a little bit. Just before so, Jerome goes, right? Other thing that doesn't make sense with this is that if our flesh, our bodies, were so inherently evil, why is it that God in Jesus, when he resurrects, decides to keep his same body? Clearly, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> there's one way, um, oh, I can't remember who said this, but it was like, there's always going to be a man now in the Trinity. And that man, Jesus, mm -hmm. kept the flesh. That's, that, he's forever going to be like that. Mm -hmm. Evil? Yeah, it doesn't make do sense. Wanna, I mean, all. do you want to call Jesus evil? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can do that, but you, that means you were heretic. <laughs> but yeah, Drew. But yeah, um, there's one verse that um, <laughs> that makes me laugh when I always read it. So when people talk about this whole flesh, on top of um, when people talk about we still need to die to the flesh, we still have indwelling sin, we still have this and that. Um, it's Colossians 2.11. <laughs> so it starts off, Paul goes on to say, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision right, made of oh, our hands. And then it continues on. Now, we all understand what circumcision is. That literally means to cut away 
<laughs> and literally used to cut away, right? And obviously, when a, when a male is born, you cut away the force again on his penis, right? So there's no way you're putting that back together unless you stitch it back. <laughs> so if the flesh has been cru- circumcised, you don't have you don't you do not have flesh on you. You do not have indwelling sin in you. You do not have any of these things in you. It's all been taken off and taken out away from you. Now I want to touch a bit on um, identity a bit identity a bit more. So when I came to understand two things, I remember people used to say stuff. When people say stuff, I'm trying to love God, right? But the reasons why they couldn't love God fully is because their flesh was getting in the way or they were doing stuff that were contrary, contrary to the love, to, to, um, to, to loving people and things like that, always the flesh and stuff like that. Now, that didn't make sense because I read Romans 5, 5. Well, I deeped Romans 5 and it's 5, 5 and it says that the love of God has been poured out into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. So that means your love, that means the love of God is your heart is filled with the love of God, which means the only thing you can actually really be given out is the love of God. There isn't anything opposing or should be opposing, right? Your flesh, I mean, your the love of God coming from your heart. So this whole, we have a sinful nature and it's causing me to do this. No, that does not make sense, right? And then also, I think it's Hebrews 10 that talks about our hearts have also been cleansed of an evil conscience. Mm. Now, <laughs> which defeats the whole sin, sin consciousness stuff. Oh man, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm st- I still have flesh in me. I st- I'm still... Um, have a sinful desires this and that blah 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 blah. that doesn't make sense you just believe what the scripture says and you walk it out and you and you literally live from that place you don't your flesh is dead it's crucified it's been circumcised you have the love of god literally pouring out of your heart your your heart has been cleansed from an evil conscience and you live from that very place um there's oh there's something that just came up into my head as well oh my days right cool one of you guys go when i remember i'll come back to it Another thing I'll that come you, back to it. Another thing that um you touched on. Actually, John mentioned Galatians five twenty four, is that it says that the flesh has been crucified with its affections and lusts. It's like we love to attribute those affections and lusts, those desires, to ourselves. Yeah. Paul says that's it's not you. Like that's that, that even even in the old you that wasn't that wasn't you. That, that was that was the flesh, and that flesh was crucified. So that's not you anymore. Christ now lives in you. That is your identity. It's like, <laughs> we can't complicate this thing. Like, we actually can't complicate it anymore. Like, it's like, ah, oh, man. You know, you just reminded me, Um, some of the other proof text scriptures are coming in my head, right? Oh, the heart of man is desperately wicked. It's like Jeremiah. Oh, they that. love that one. They love who, it. Who can know? They love it. Yeah. Oh. Here's the thing. First of all, in the Septuagint, you can say anything like that, which is really interesting, but I don't have time to go into that today. Second of all, <laughs> even if it does say that, that's not you, because you're not Jeremiah and you're not in his covenant. You're in the mm-hmm. new covenant. And in the mm-hmm. new covenant, Ezekiel told us in 36, 26, that in this new covenant, I will give them a new heart. New heart. I will take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. Really interesting, right? Why would a human being have a heart of stone? Again, like Ephraim said, it was us even having this sinful nature was unnatural. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what you were made for. That's not. It's not you. That's something else. It's something foreign that God removed. He did heart surgery on us, right? Because I used to use this verse. I used to pray it. Oh Lord, give me a new heart. I just want a new heart. 
Thank you, Lord, that you're gonna you promised in your word to give me a new heart, Lord. I just want a new start. That's what the Jesus. cross was for. Was yeah. We have been given the new heart. Mercy. We have the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> It's a mercy. Boy, it. He's been. He's put his spirit within us. So we just need to stop using those verses. That's not us. That's not us. Yeah. It's like stop trying to identify with that. That person is dead. Get over it. You're not them. And even the the, the whole concept of crucifying yourself makes no sense practically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone else has to crucify you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're on a cross. All your limbs are tied up. You can't hammer the nails into your feet and then hammer both nails into your hands. It's not possible. You you, you always have one hand free to do that. You can't do... Someone else has to crucify you. No, right? but John, it's a spiritual one, though. It's a spiritual <laughs> crucifixion. How, how, how does that work? It's crazy. It's like, okay. So how does it work? Like, how do we crucify ourselves? And it always falls down. It, it boils down to one of these four things. Prayer, the word, worship, and fasting. Combination of one of those accountability like, like as well. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, yes, 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 yeah, you know, <laughs> your accountability partners, you need to. So it's like, okay, well, how much are you praying? The more you pray, the more the flesh dies. The flesh, you know, mm. and then we take the spirit is willing. What verse says that? That's what Jesus said to the disciples. What verse says right? that? Well, the spirit is willing. No, about the, the more you pray, the, the, oh, the more you pray, oh, yeah, it's, so, it's crazy, time, right. The things that we say about oh. flesh, how it, how it dies. We have magical formulas. Magical formulas. No scripture. That. There's never a verse. There's no verse in the Bible that says you worship your flesh away. There's no verse in the Bible that says that you can pray your flesh away. There's no verse in the Bible that says that you can fast the flesh away. It's not there. Right? So we use the spirit as willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah? And that's what we link to the prayer. So if you're falling asleep and pray, just like the disciples and Jesus rebuked them and said, oh, you know. But it's like, okay, again, the cross hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Of course, their flesh was weak. You're not them, though. You are in the new mm-hmm. covenant. You don't have mm-hmm. flesh anymore. It's been crucified. Now, mm-hmm. remember, I, there's distinction. Socks, as in physical body, and socks, as in this sinful nature flesh thing yeah. that Paul keeps talking about. Yes, we have a sin. We have a sinful nature. Yes, we have a physical body. <laughs> yes, we have a physical body. And there's nothing wrong with this. That's what Hebrews 8 uh, three and four tell us that what the law could not do, Christ did, or God did, and sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and then he condemned sin in the flesh. He destroyed the power of sin in this flesh. He cleansed this flesh. That's what Christ's life was. He lived, Ephraim mentioned it, that we Christ died as us. He lived, he didn't mm-hmm. just die as us, he lived as us. This is what theologians call the vicarious the humanity man. of Jesus. Jesus lived as all of mankind, and what he did, he did as all of mankind. So his baptism was your baptism. His um, his temptation was your temptation. His overcoming of temptation was your overcoming of temptation. This is why in John 16, when he talks about us not being worried and having peace because he's overcome the world, that's the only reason it's relevant. Because in his overcoming, we've overcome yeah. the world. Right? Well, so, because he lived as us, everything he did, he did as us. His death was our death. His burial, our burial. His resurrection, our resurrection. And now we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. And there's no flesh there. That sinful nature doesn't, it's not, you can't have a sinful nature to have Christ. It's this whole dual nature thing is rubbish. Oh, I won't touch on that. Yeah. Cool. Go on. Um, so I think it's in First John 1, 5, I think it is, that says, um, in him is light and there's no darkness at all. Pretty mm-hmm. if I'm wrong if it's not verse 5. But, yeah, it's um, verse 5, yeah. 
Oh, I read, uh, I read, did I read my Bible today? And I knew that? <laughs> 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 really read Bible. That's the question you should be asking me. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like, okay, that's how God is. And then John later on says, same author, same book, later on, in First John 4, 19 says, as he is, so are we in this world. Oh, I was empty. Well, they say you don't read your Bible because you don't have oh, scripture. Oh, look, 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 look at that. <laughs> These guys can't even quote scripture properly. <laughs> yeah, we've heard it all, man. Anyway. <laughs> later on in the same book, later on in the same book, he tells us that we are just like him. Mm. Why in the world would you think that you have a dual nature if the God who's made your, in, who you're made in his image and likeness doesn't have a dual nature? It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Lives in you. Yeah, At all. That's that's good. I haven't even heard that argument. God is light and him is no darkness. As he is, so are you in this world. In this world. In this world, by the way. He didn't say, as he is, so are you when you die and go to heaven. As he is, so will you be. It says, no, as he is, so are you in In this this world. world. Right here, right now. You are light. And Paul says this in, I think it's in Ephesians 5. And it says that you are light in the Lord. You were once darkness, yes. But now Mm -hmm. you are light in the Lord. And Jesus said this in John 8, 12 as well. Those who follow him will walk in light and never walk in the darkness. Just to touch on that, so I know the question will the question now boils down to so why do we still sin? Well, of course, <laughs> you know what I mean, everybody says, Why do we still sin? Well, first and foremost, you've got to understand something. I'll give you two very strong examples. Adam and Eve never had a sinful nature, but they still sinned. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Christ, um. On this earth was capable of sinning, but he didn't sin. He didn't know no sin. It says he was capable of sin. sinning. What do you mean? He was God. <laughs> because he was in the flesh <laughs> and he Hebrews. was tempted. Hebrews yeah, Hebrews um to is it Hebrews eight four fifteen? Okay. Um, every way like us. Every way. Deal with that scripture. Just as we are. I love how people say that. Yeah, but without sin, though, as though that makes a difference to the temptation bit. Yeah, it still means he could have sinned. He still still could have sinned, exactly. We need to, like, make sure we define what temptation is. Temptation is you are put forward with the choice of do you remain within this nature you have, uh, which is of God, or do you step out of that and you choose to sin? Christ never stepped out of that. Wait, wait, no. When you say remain, no. You've got to be careful of your language. Because people, sin conscious people will hear that and be like, all right, so when I live right, then I'm in my nature, but I can step out of my nature. No, oh, no, you can't no, step no. out of your nature. You can't step out of your nature, acting yeah. contrary. You're acting beside yourself. Exactly. That's what sin is. Yeah. It's not you. You don't switch. It's not, oh, I'm in the flesh. Oh, that's another thing we need to touch on. About, oh, I'm in the flesh and I'm in the spirit. That doesn't oh, make sense. He's in the flesh today. I'll be, I know people do it as jokes, but it's bad theology. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So Jesus himself, right? Um, he also was in the flesh in terms of he had a physical body like we did, just as we did. And he was also tempted, which means that he was capable of sinning, provided he did he just didn't make the right choice. Doesn't necessarily mean, though, that his whole nature or identity was going to change. It's the same way, let's say, there are people, so let's say, uh, before we were all saved, if we did stuff right or we lived right, that doesn't change our nature, does it? It's the same way now that when you are righteous, you are holy, all of these things, if you sin once, it's not going to change your nature. What really happens is you just, you, it's just a small glitch. Like I said earlier, it's a malfunction. Like, right, you just messed up. 
and you just have to pat and that's it. Just remember who you are and you move on. That's it. It's not it's not it's not bad. So you don't need a sinful nature to sin. First John two one says, and if you sin. So sin is an if and not a when. Yes. Sin is not inevitable. Exactly. That's something you just said something as well. You because uh, it's so annoying because sometimes you, we will have conversations with a lot of um, people and they're like, but Christians, we're not perfect. We're going to we're gonna fall sometimes. We're going to do this and that. The reason why you're going to fall you is because perfect. you're expecting it. Yeah, yeah you're perfect yeah. according to Colossians 2.10. But also, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, people are going to... The reason why you're going to fall is because you're expecting it to fall. Is this whole sin-conscious mindset that you have that you've actually been... That's actually been taken away from... That's actually been removed from you. Like I said earlier, your heart has been cleansed from an evil conscience, right? And when, and you've also got the mind of Christ. So now you tell me, if you have the mind of Christ, why the hell do you expect yourself to sin? Because God doesn't expect yourself to sin, according to First John two, uh, two verse one, two one, yeah. two, one. sin becomes an if. First John three six. Oh my gosh! All all of these things. In fact, Christ came to save us from our sins, and it wasn't just to stop us from sinning, but to literally remove us from that very thing. That was killing us to remove us from the bondage of sin romans 6 i think 18 tells us that we're no longer slaves to sin but we're now slaves to righteousness which means that sin yeah. is no longer our master which means before when we were slaves to sin we couldn't help but sin now that we're no longer under that we're now un- we're now slaves to righteousness it means we cannot help but be but but be righteous we cannot help but live right we cannot help yeah. but do right we cannot help but <laughs> yeah, think yeah. right yes. you have to renew your mind to that reality it doesn't change your nature because what christ did on the cross was a permanent change it wasn't temporary we talk about god being all-powerful we sing it in our songs especially from the sin conscious folk but you don't believe god could purge you from it's sin powerful oh what powerful god <laughs> come on man oh what a powerful <laughs> god that we claim to serve but he couldn't even take you out of sin Come on, and then he needs to resort to X to X Y Z, apparently given sickness, this and that, so that you can humble your flesh. <laughs> that's not. Come on, man. <laughs> come on. What's come that's on? Not a powerful God. Come We're calling. On. All right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> come on, hey, man. Come on. Here, come on. Come on. Come on. I think oh, for me, I, I just woke up. I just woke up. It's been a long morning for me. So now I'm I'm, I'm fired up. <laughs> Like this, this whole sin thing is really annoying, and the way we preach on it. I remember during the, the years of, in fact, I, in fact, I remember a crazy example in my first year of university. That for me, that was one of the worst years I had in university because of my understanding with this whole sin thing. I knew this whole new man stuff, but there, then there was also the battle with the flesh. I remember it was so bad that I was sitting lectures right, and because I thought that I was holier than thou, but then again, I was still in the mix of this stuff i used to repent for other people's for because they were sinning because i kept i had this sinful con this sin conscious mindset i used to look at people and say okay cool look at this xyz and then i would go back in and i feel bad for myself because i realized oh wait i'm just like them as well because i i'm still doing xyz so it was just a consistent it's consistent madness because of this sinful nature but when i began to realize no 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 my sin my, my sinful nature is dead right and listen you can blacklist me for what i'm gonna say you know, in Second Corinthians five, right? Jesus, uh, Paul goes into say we regard no one according to the flesh, right? <laughs> we regard no one to according to the flesh. So for me now, I don't necessarily see all of these people with a sinful nature. I see them as in Christ. I just need to preach the gospel for them, for them to realize that very reality that Uh-oh. they've been set free from this very thing. <laughs> Let's go. That's the gospel. 
That's the gospel. The reason why they're still oh. living like that is because, number one, they don't know. I remember Paul said something crazy. He said, I can never remember the verse, but he was committing, he was doing sins in his ignorance. He didn't know the truth. Yes, he didn't know the truth. Galatians, I think it's Galatians 1. Paul goes on to say that, I think it was time for when, <laughs> the time came for when God came to reveal his son in him. Meaning that, actually, something happened on the cross a long time ago of which Paul's reality changed. He just didn't know it yet. Uh, this is 1 Corinthians 15, I think 21. It says that all have died, right? So if Christ died, then all died, right? Oh, no, so that means um, every... 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Yeah, thank you. We are convinced that if one died, for all died. All died, right? Now, Jeez. all died. And when you understand the dynamics <laughs> of the cross, right? That what included in that death was the crucifixion of, that fre- of the flesh, was the death of that flesh, right? You can arguably say, okay, cool. Every single person in this world's death, um, flesh has also been crucified on that cross. The difference between the believer and the non-believer is that a believer, right, has recognised that and now living in the reality that Christ has given to them. The unbeliever hasn't. So this whole flesh thing, this whole sinful thing has needs to die. I'm tired of it because it's keeping too many people in bondage. The very reason that Christ came to die was to save us from our sins and then and then in the grand scheme of things, death. And then we want to spin it saying God saved us from the wrath of God. But anyway, there's no verse that says that. <laughs> anyway, detracting from the actual reason why Christ came, which was to save us from our sins. And what actually annoys me as well, when we talk about this whole, okay, cool, God saved us from the, uh, Christ came to save us from the wrath of God. What actually happens is, we, it also keeps, and I've seen it, it keeps a lot of people still in that sinful mindset. Oh, the only reason why I'm saved is because because Christ saved me from the wrath of God, because I was so dirty, I was so this, that, this, that, I was so bad, I was so um, ugly, I was just filled with his flesh. It's only by his mercy that I've been saved. And it's so funny, because it's as if that salvation, right? if you even want to look at it, that's fine. It's even as if that, it's as if that salvation doesn't even cleanse you from the flesh. It's just as if you step out of the line. The only reason why you're not going to be wiped out is because God has stopped you, because you've sinned, because sin, this and that. No, 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 let's forget that. Sin has been defeated. Sin has been destroyed. Let's take 1 Corinthians 5.26. The last enemy to be defeated is death. Now, when you understand the enemy, you realise that, okay, cool, there's probably more than one enemy. It's not just Satan. Sin is also an enemy. Death is also an enemy. And then, yeah, Satan, right? Now, if death is, to, is the last enemy to be, to, to be defeated, it means that sin has already been defeated. So... Yeah, twenty-six. Thank you. He's appeared to put away death. Is, is it that verse? Yeah, we're always sin by yeah, sacrifice cool. of himself. Yeah, he's a, we're here to put away all sin. So that's not just ours, that's every single person. And we need to speak this message boldly so that people understand that Christ, the actual freedom that they have. You know, people don't get this thing, yeah? When Paul says that we've been free, we've been set free for freedom's sake, right? We've been literally been set free from the from the chains of sin. It's not on us no more. So stop thinking like it's on you no more. God did all that he did. Yeah, oh my days. Jesus did all that he did. Christ did all that he did. God literally bankrupted the whole of heaven, right? Just to free you from sin. And you come and tell me I need to die to my flesh daily. You've not understood the cross, mate. And you need to sit down and literally (laughs) understand this cross. You need to understand, no, no, this is what Christ did. No, I'm I'm sorry I'm a bit amped right now because when it comes to this message (laughs) when it comes to this message i'm sick and tired of people acting as if sin is sin is against us is as in this whole life that we're living is literally a long life battle against sin what 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 
And this is the reason why a lot of people fear hell or hell as well, because you think, okay, cool, your sin is what puts you in hell. Things like that. Well, we the understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you would have watched episode three. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to understand. No, 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 no. This is the reason why us guys, and we're militant with this thing. We don't mess about with this thing. We don't mess about with this thing because we've understood. No, we've gone through the, the toils of this lie that we still have this sinful flesh, this filthy flesh, and we've come out of it and we're walking in absolute freedom. I've literally, I've seen the fruits in all of my friends. I've seen them, I've seen them literally radiate the love of God in ways I've never seen before. Then those, especially before when we were, um, we were still sin conscious and things like that. Because now we've come to understand identity and we're no longer bound by sin. We don't even have, we don't even have to sin anymore. That's the beauty. We don't even have to sin. We're not, we're not just controlled. We don't even have to sin. We're free to live right. We're free to live good. We're free to live in the absolute fellowship that we have with God. This is, this is it. This is it. This is the reality that we have. And I, I want to, and we hammer this home. We hammer this home, especially at the Grace Platform. Every single person who watches this thing, especially you, those that are sceptical of us, listen to these recordings. We hammer this thing home, right? You are dead to sin. You are free from sin. You are in Christ. You, you're free to live righteously. In fact, your righteousness, it becomes effortless. We talk about this whole working out your salvation with fear and trembling and then we fail to read the next verse for it's god right he works it through you it's him that's living his life through you one of the things that literally changed my perspective with colossians 3 4 is not christ sorry it's um christ who is our life that means the very life that we live is christ himself and you're telling me there's a flesh to there's a flesh to to be crucified when it's christ himself who is your life make it add up make it make sense please make it make sense please but yeah i'm done (laughs) <laughs> no. I, I, I didn't even... <laughs> Not like that. I don't know what to say. Oh, my days. We just. <laughs> I'll get you to preach that. I'll collapse. I can't lie. <laughs> We're doing sin reloaded. You're going to free. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I think for me. No, for me, it, it, it really pains me when I see Christians battling with this thing or supposedly battling with this thing when Christ has done all that he did on the cross. You think you think Christ went to the cross and took or pain for us for for, for, for for a joke? You think he took he you think he faced all of the wrath that we held at him that we when we crucified him for a joke? No 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 no. For you to be saying that we need to crucify the flesh daily, to take scripture out of context for you to to try and back up your claim that you still have this sinful nature, this you know, and, we, and then afterwards, the, come on. Cross. Yeah, exactly. The cross, yeah, it doesn't change. Like, it, it's literally like Jesus didn't change you. This exactly. The, this, the gospel is not that Jesus died over there for you and now you need to do this and this and this to access what he did. No, 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 no. The gospel is that he wasn't over there. You were there too. Or if you're going to say that he was over there, so were you. Otherwise, yeah. he was you. Exactly. It didn't just the cross didn't just happen for you. It happened as you. You were mystically involved in what happened at the cross. Jesus died your death. Period. There's no more death to die. <clears throat> the death Period. to flesh, the death to sin that needed to happen, Jesus did it. You're not going to do a better Period. job than he did. And here's exactly. why it's messed up. Because then if Jesus' death wasn't enough, then it's up to you and your efforts to do it. And then it's about how much you pray and how much you fast and all that's nonsense. That doesn't, back to that the doesn't law. accomplish anything. 
doesn't to change anything. It's not gonna come and you're just back in the old covenant because you're trying to work up everything for yourself. Just, come on, man. Rest. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, there's one verse I can never, I can't remember. It's I can't remember the specific verse. So Paul goes on to say, I think it may be in First Corinthians. Paul goes on to say, if Christ didn't raise, then you're still in your sins. Yes, First Corinthians. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> think about it. If Christ, but Christ rose, so does that mean you're still in your sins? Just think about that. So why do we still go along, go on as if we're still in our sins? We talk about so many. Oh my God. We love, we, <laughs> it's like we love to identify. So one thing I love, right, that we've come to understand is that we do not identify to anybody else apart from one, Christ. We don't look to Moses. We don't look to um, David. We don't look to all of these guys. We identify to one, Christ. Now, I think one of the problems that we have is that we've tried, we still identify with those guys. This is the reason why we sing all of these songs that Rubbish. talk about this and that. This is the reason why, if you know me, you see my agenda against the song Refiner. <laughs> I love don't get twisted. Man loves Maverick City, but that one, that's one specific song. The song Trash, I just man. don't like it because it really it undermines the cross. That's it's an anti-gospel song. I'm sorry. Kinda, if I, I'm not sorry, cool, it's an anti-gospel <laughs> song. Christ literally answered everything that that song says on the cross, right? On the cross, and yet we still sing it, and we wonder why we still are. You wonder why we're still sin, sin conscious. You wonder why we're still struggling with this and that. Oh my gosh. I remember when you preached something um, in the platform quite a while back and it spun me. So in church, <laughs> in our churches, we have a sin problem and that's, that's, that's present. Like it's, we have a crazy sin problem. Now, how many of these churches are actually, are actually finished work? None. Of, a lot of them are mixture. Now, a lot now a lot of them are mixture. When we talk about mixture, we're talking about you're trying to mix both covenants, the law and the um and the new covenant. You're trying to and preach grace. from both. So the law and grace. You're trying to preach from both. Now, we understand the formula. Law plus grace is still law. That's that's it. Because there's always gonna be an onus on you. Whenever there's an onus on you to do something, it's gonna fail. It's gonna go straight back to trying to do things to please God. Now, have you have now this is for any leaders or whoever is watching this i just want you to say something the fact that you're preaching mixture is probably one of the reasons why your congregation are still struggling with, with sin number one you're not emphasizing you may not be, <clears throat> you're not emphasizing on the finished work right when you emphasize on the finished work to the way that we hammer this thing home there shouldn't be a struggle with sin because when you understand who you are you're just going to live that out that's the whole point of the renewing of your mind now when you're preaching law now what happens? What was the purpose of the law? To increase sin, to make the no people That's know sin. Exactly. Trespass may increase. Exactly. So what's happening here? You're preaching the do's and don'ts, this and that, etc., etc. Right? <clears throat> and you're wondering why your why your people are still why there's still a sin problem running rampant in the church. You're preaching all of these things, not knowing that actually what you're trying to preach is rich, literally counterproductive. You're preaching this to stop this when actually its purpose is actually to increase sin. To make people conscious, and then they'll end up sinning. That's what Paul said. He, he, um, he only knew what Romans seven is about. Seven literally yeah. is about, literally, and that's what um, what do you call it? Galatians five actually is about. Because people talk about Galatians five. When we mention Galatians five twenty four, then they love to go up and say, "Oh, but the flesh lusts against the spirit." And then they, I think, it's Galatians two twenty five twenty two. No, Galatians 5, but then they forget verse 18, but you are not under the law. There is a context there. 
those things of the flesh literally oh, happen teaching, when you're God. under the law. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I've, I've, I've sat under John in it, he's told me. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So, it's the law. It's you, and so when we're preaching mixture, this is the reason why we despise mixture. Uh, Us, yeah. we hate <laughs> mixture. <laughs> we despise mixture. And this is why, <clears throat> why, why, okay, cool, we, we're, we're very adamant with this thing. Because a lot of people are still under bondage, but you don't know. You think you're free in Christ, but you're telling me that you're still trying to crucify the flesh. What freedom do you have, my friend? Oh. What freedom do you have, my friend, oh, if you're still... So if you're still... <laughs> if you're still saying, I'm trying to battle with the flesh, this and that. Come on. Come on. Christ did not die, and what he did was not a small victory. That thing literally shifted the cosmos, that everything surrounds yes, that very time. event. Yeah. It's the event of the cross that everything was leading up to. In fact... That's what the scripture points to, that very point moment of salvation, which salvation of which was in of himself. This this book, right, that's been constructed over years, right, points to that very moment on that cross and what it literally did and how it literally changed the whole cosmos. Every single thing included, the reconciliation, the destruction of sin, all of these things. When you begin to understand that, you can't tell me that. The flesh is still here. That's weak. It's weak. It's weak. It's weak. I just want Christians, I just want us to understand this. If you really want to see the whole, okay, cool. The so-called dominion as, I don't, any, but anyway, the whole called dominion. Start walking yeah, in yeah. who you the are. Victory <laughs> the victory. On, Start walking in Come who on. you are. Start walking in who you are. I think it's first John that tells us we overcome the world because he overcame. He did all of these things on the cross, right? And because he overcame, we've overcome. We've overcome, period. There isn't no, we're overcoming. Or we've, no, no, we've overcome. Those Done. Those born of God, overcome the world. Done. Done. And then <laughs> communicate this gospel to those unbelievers so they also experience this reality. It's for them as well. Not just us, it's for them as well. Christ died and destroyed sin on their behalf. They need to know it. <laughs> they need to know it <clears throat> this is why we're adamant with this and we don't play about with this we don't play about with this we're the finished we don't play about i'm sorry <laughs> we don't play about man good. <clears throat> f f um deal with um <laughs> <laughs> okay oh my god all right no let me deal with a couple of scriptures and then i'll hand over to f because I'm, I'm lashed right now all right so one verse we always hear is oh but jesus said uh, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. It's that daily is that what catches everybody, right? Daily and follow me, so we have to crucify ourselves every day. So, all right, cool. Let's just take a couple of factors in. To this. Right. The other story where this is told is in Matthew, Matthew ten thirty eight, and this is what it says: "And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me." Daily's missing. Luke fourteen twenty seven. Mm. Same same guy wrote Luke. It was 923, now it's 1427. And whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Again, the word daily is missing. So if we want to, you know, preach this doctrine, we all know. It's like, getting hot in here. Standard. Standard. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Where's my tissue? <laughs> it's like standard teaching that you need two or three scriptures to back up what you're saying, right? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses is what we use. So if there's only one verse that has this daily thing, now we've already dealt with the fact that crucify, uh, sorry, I die daily is talking about facing persecution 
and danger of not, you know, killing yourself or killing your flesh. And two of these scriptures actually don't mention this daily thing. So why would you base your whole thing on the one scripture that does? That's weak and that shouldn't be done. That's that's like that's bad doctrine. That's bad yeah. that's bad theology. <clears throat> now, as for what this actually means about taking up your cross, it can mean a load of things. But it's it, it, even the fact that we try and use that for crucifying the flesh doesn't make sense because it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You picking up a cross is not you being crucified. Jesus didn't mm-hmm. say you should take up it doesn't say that you should crucify yourself. It says take up the cross. Okay, so it's totally different mm-hmm. what he's talking about in a different context. Right. And actually in Luke more? nine, in context, it's a call to salvation. He's talking about what he's about to do and the fact that we can enter into this thing, right? So let's deal with that verse. Another verse that people use is Romans eight thirteen. Romans eight, Galatians five and Romans eight, people love. Anytime they see the word flesh, they assume that we have both. We have flesh and spirit, so they're fighting against each other. So in Romans 8.13, it says, um, actually, let me find it. It says this, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Yeah. Now, we've been programmed in church to understand anything to do with overcoming sin as a process. And this is process sanctification, which we'll probably deal with in another episode, because I don't even know how long we've been going for. But anyway, so we're told that, you know, we overcome the flesh. It's a process daily, right? Missing something. We were told in Colossians 3, 9 earlier that you have, past tense, put off the old man with his deeds. Okay, let's substitute that in here. (coughs) So if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, how do you do that? How do you enter the spirit? Remember, this is Romans 8. So in Romans 8, 9, we are told, because I don't know, yeah, it's 8, 9, because people love using, Paul says uh, in Romans 8 as well, I think it's verse 6, he says that... um, if you're in those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So this is where we get this whole flesh and spirit dichotomy. Oh, we're in the flesh. When we're acting wrong, we're in the flesh and we can't please God. But then when we're in the spirit, he likes us again. But then Paul says right after that, he says, but you are not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of Christ is in you, he dwells in you. Mm-hmm. And if anybody does not have the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Do you have the spirit of Christ as a believer? Of course you do. So are you in the flesh? Absolutely not. So then what does that make you? You're in the spirit. Cool. So what does this verse now mean? It means that we are in the spirit. So how do we get there? By believing. Cool. So this verse, how do we put to death the deeds of the body? By believing, by getting born again, right? By receiving the gospel, that's how you put to death the deeds of the body. It is mm-hmm. not a process. <clears throat> killing your flesh day by day by day by day and mortifying mm-hmm. your members which are on the earth and killing off the sin, that's in your, killing off the lust of sin that's in your genitals and killing off the... No. <laughs> we don't have different sins I've heard that rubbish about there's different sins kind of lurking in different parts of our bodies <clears throat> we preach whole whole sermons and series on and this is the problem with this whole sin thing right is that by not believing this freedom from sin you perpetuate the sin consciousness and you teach it the people that don't preach freedom preach sin mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. if you're it's not simple. preaching Christ you're going to preach sin they don't know that they're doing that but that's what they're doing why are you doing a whole series on lust there's, what's the need exactly people ever go into one specific sin for a whole that's nonsense Paul had oh one message days. we have one message our message is Christ and his and finished work I desire to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. crucified that crucifixion was your crucifixion so what Paul wanted to know was just how dead am I to sin mm-hmm. exactly what did Christ do I'm alive to God. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in hey, sin anymore. Let me go and get my bottle of wine, man. <laughs> 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 right. 
That's what we preach. We don't need to. You want you want to get your church to stop sinning. You want them to stop sleeping around. Tell them they don't need to because that's dead. Exactly. That's how you free them from sin by <clears throat> telling them they are exactly. free. It is for freedom that Christ has made us free. Those who the mm. sun sets free are free indeed. Free indeed. Free indeed. Free in what they do. They are free now. They don't need to sin. They're not slaves to sin anymore. Thank we you. are free because the sun has set us free. Done. Thank you. Finished work. Right? We're not adding to that freedom. We don't make ourselves free. We don't, and, and, and this is the thing, because we're free in Christ and we're slaves to righteousness, we can't undo that. <laughs> I'm not, a, you can't be a slave to sin again. There's all this rubbish mm. that we preach about this whole, oh, uh, you know, you give the devil legal access into your Oh, life. yeah. You give him, I you remember know, all of that. <laughs> That's not how this works. You don't let, you don't let deep, listen, you don't have indwelling sin. And, and John Crowder put it really nicely. He, he said that God didn't, on the cross, God didn't just pull you out of sin. He pulled sin out of you. Wow. Boy. That's what Jesus did. We're no longer sinners. We've got a whole episode. We're going to talk about that. But sin's been removed from us. This is what the cross did. This is why Paul says mm -hmm. in 1 Corinthians 15, awake to righteousness and sin not. Wow. Or if you were to flip the words, awake to righteousness, not sin. Wow. What does wow. that mean? Stop flipping, looking at <coughs> sin, sin, sin. Awake to who you are, which is what righteous. Uh -huh. yeah, That's what we're supposed to focus on. Uh -huh. In fact, so that word awaken in the Greek um, is eknepho, which means to sober up. Well, uh -huh. sober up to your righteousness. Not you don't you not that that's that's like equating sin to being drunk. It's you're out of your mind when you're sinning. This is how Paul sees sin. Well, you want to say that? Oh, but Romans seven says no. Romans seven is the experience of a man living under the law. And if you want to know about that, we had literally. The new, I will even link it in this video. If you're listening on Spotify, go check this video on YouTube. The link will be there on the Grace Platform page. It's the new nature um, part two. <coughs> what about Romans 7? Now you've got like a whole hour teaching on it. But Romans 7 is not the Christian experience. We believers live in Romans 6 and we live in Romans 8. Romans 7 is a man living under the law that doesn't have the spirit. That's why the spirit's never mentioned there. When we go to Romans 8, now it's all about the spirit. When we go to Romans 6, it's all about the death in Christ and being baptized into his death and all these different, right? We're not in Romans 7. Romans 7 is not you. Stop using it. Yeah. Cool. I just add one more thing. Just, just to go Romans on top of what John today. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, honestly. <laughs> the trailer might just be you, fam. <laughs> Two-hour sermon from Jerome. <laughs> so just to add on one thing. First and foremost, so... <clears throat> so we've got all of these, let's say steps so sometimes when, when i've I've, when I've had conversations with people right and when they've asked me okay cool so what's the practical aspects of you know overcoming sin don't you have to do this don't you have to do this don't you have to do that like i remember <clears throat> when i used to struggle like with pornography and that right he, the common advice was number one have your accountability partner uh number two was to carry on <laughs> number two was well, to, no, um, they, they use they tried to use James where it's like oh confession sins oh, to one confession another, to one another. Context, um, they also use um <clears throat> so then another thing that they'll say is you should, you need to put an ad blocker all of these things on you know I'm not ad blocker sorry um an adult website blocker etc 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 now <clears throat> I remember there was a day that I used to, I sat down I thought to myself fam all of this stuff ain't doing anything it's not doing anything. It's actually not doing anything, right? All it is is just literally withholding something that hasn't been dealt with yet. Well, it mm. has been dealt with 2,000 years ago, but within your mind, you haven't re renewed 
your mind or you have not been or i wasn't aware that i'm actually free from this thing so there was so <clears throat> i remember a couple of maybe like a few months ago i was reading colossians 2 23 right so or well colossians verse colossians 2 verse 20 to 23 Therefore, if you've died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not touch, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but of no value against indulgence of the flesh. And before you guys think <clears throat> that, yeah, see, look, there's a verse that tells us that we need stuff <laughs> or there's an indulgence of the flesh. You know, this is the same tra chapter, verse 11, where Paul tells us that the flesh has been circumcised. So it doesn't make sense. And well, he's basically talking about... I said you died to the basic... Exactly. Part, so. Exactly. So it doesn't make sense. Well, but then he goes into verse chapter 3 going saying, saying this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things that were above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. There, there's the word, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, and you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members. Da, 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 da. So what Paul was literally saying here is that, listen, <clears throat> all of these one, two rules that you guys think is going to stop you from sinning, that's not going to do anything. But what he's saying is, listen, put, set your mind on things above, i.e. renew your mind to the reality of what, actually happen on the cross renew your mind to the things of what christ has done for you and you put to death all of these things or all all of these things will no longer be something that you do mm. in your mind because your reality is you're free from it so when you believe mm. that you're free from it you will walk free from it you're righteous so when you believe that you're righteous you will walk righteously when you un understand and know that you're righteous you will walk righteously it's your identity it's your nature but your mind needs to it will catch up to, the area, to that reality to get rid of all of to, to, um, to stop all of those things. That's what he's literally saying. And I find it very funny. Whenever uh, Paul was rebuking people for sinning, it was always <clears throat> to take the Corinthians church. He was literally telling them who they are. You're this, you're that, you're this and that. So why the hell are you doing this? All of these things. Like Ro Romans 6 is another Romans 6 is another one. Uh, these guys asked them, okay, cool. Shall we, shall, shall we continue in sin? That grace, grace may, may abound. He said, certainly not. You're dead to sin. So, and he wasn't, and it's so funny, he didn't insert hell. You're going to be going to hell. He said, you're <laughs> dead to sin. <laughs> he said, you're so dead to again. sin. You're dead to sin. So why do you want to continue living in sin any longer? You don't have to live like that. You're dead to it. So why do you want to do that? That's literally what he was saying. So when you understand this concept that you've been free from sin, you don't have to do it anymore. It's not, you're not under it anymore. It's not your master. It doesn't lead you. We're led by in fact we talk about we're led by the spirit we're led by the spirit right but anyway <laughs> <laughs> you can't be led by your flesh this and that but i thought you're led by the spirit there's no it's either one or the other you make it make sense to me please but and as a, yeah as a child of god you're led by the spirit so essentially but yeah so but back to what i was saying it's your mind you need to renew your mind to the realities that this is who you are in Christ. This is what you have. This is what you possess. This is where you are. It's not you've been positioned into this place. No, it's actually you. It's actually yeah. you. you have, <laughs> they love literally. That. We have access. You are, this is your position, but <laughs> it's, it's not literally. your reality. Yeah, reality. Everything to positional. I hate that. Yeah. These are high poor. truths of scripture. Don't 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 negate them or 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 lower them, lower them. to just some positional crap. No, this is <laughs> true. 
This is what Jesus did. Did exactly. Your job is not to argue and say, oh, but uh, your job is to shut up or if you're going to talk, say amen. <laughs> Believe the gospel. It's That's simple. It, simple. I'm dead to, this is, this is what Jesus is saying to us. You are dead to sin. You're alive in me. That's it. Don't argue. This is, this is God speaking. Exactly. How does, what is God, God, God is, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. If the truth is saying that this is who we are, that as he is, so are we in this world. How dare you contradict him? Simple. You think you can say... And then you build doctrines. If, if, if the, fam, oh, if the truth has said this and you are saying contrary to what the truth has said, you are lying. This whole sin you're is selling a, a false lie. gospel. You're selling Stop a false gospel. Stop believing it. That's simple. That doesn't help. Simple. You. It doesn't help anybody. What if, how, all right, think about it. Let's just look at this empirically. All the people that preach this, you'll never stop sinning until you die in dwelling sin. How many of them ever talk about freedom from sin? Like they're actually free. How many of them could ever say that? Because mm -hmm. they can't. None of them ever reach a point. Isn't it funny that none of them ever reach a point where they're actually free? No mm -hmm. wins. It's death that frees them. And when I die, there's not a single verse in the Bible, by the way, that says that it's <laughs> death. Your physical death is what frees you from sin. Because if it is, Jesus. if that's what freed us from sin, then why did Jesus come? We've... Why do why is death an enemy? Death should be our biggest friend because death frees us from sin, not Jesus. Yeah, the exactly. real just told me. Ooh. Either Jesus does it or something else does it. Nothing else can do it. So that's how we know that Jesus did it. Mm -hmm. And did it once and for all. Uh, once and for all. <laughs> and he's not coming to do it again. Bodies. Well, he did everything. <laughs> uh, well, we've gone over the fact that dying daily was talking about uh, persecution so that pretty much kills um the only verse that kind of talks about that uh the luke 9 one um the other ones were taken up um your cross has nothing to do with that the call to salvation don't touch on that jerome's hammered home um everything <gasps> jerome took jerome took a drill Bro. <laughs> <laughs> a pneumatic drill to do with dying uh to the flesh I honestly have nothing to add. Like, we could actually end this in. Christians, you're free from sin. That's all I can say to you. You're free from sin. Stop <laughs> living like you're not. You are. And whether, you don't, <laughs> whether you're struggling to believe, listen, get in touch with one of us. Our socials are there. We can go through this. We're willing to do this, I'll answer listen. questions, all of that stuff. Um, you have the Grace platform. Currently, we're meeting on Zoom. Just DM the account on either Instagram, Twitter. Um, and... Yeah, man, get involved and come and feed on this stuff because this Living is it. freedom. This is it. This is it. You know, honestly, we're not... And just to say, we're not stopping until everybody gets this. Everybody gets this and knows this, right? We're not stopping because Christ did not die a death in vain. I'm sorry. He did not Some die a death in vain. Whack. Semi-pseudo freedom, <laughs> like you don't actually get to experience it until you leave this earth. Leave this earth, rubbish. There's no point in him keeping us here. Yeah. And it's Absolute so funny rubbish. that like the heralded teachers will the scriptures that we've just spoken of. They'll say, "Oh yeah, that's true." But <laughs> see, when you say "but," whatever you're about to say afterwards is going to contradict what you've just said. So cool, agree with. I remember listening to one on like one reformed YouTube video where they're like, "Yeah." Uh, yeah, Galatians 5.24, you, like our flesh has been crucified. Or one of those scriptures that says that it's been crucified. Yeah, we, we know that like, we've been crucified. Like, we died with Christ. But the problem is, there's still... The, I was like, what's there still? How can... If it's dead, it's dead. 
It doesn't. There's no verse in here that says that we can resurrect the flesh. That's what Watchmen needs to say. Watchmen needs to say that yeah, the flesh is dead, but you can resurrect it. And it's like, well, that's not. There's, that doesn't there's make no verse sense. Says that. Exactly. And these are the people that we take everything from. Go, go check what your preachers are telling you. Go check exactly. it in the scriptures for yourself, because <laughs> it's not there. That we that we we sanctify ourselves in prayer. That we sanctify ourselves. That we 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 kill the flesh in prayer. We kill the flesh. That, that, there's no verse for any of that. What kills you know the flesh what's funny? is someone's death, and it was Jesus. Go on. You know what's so funny, right? <clears throat> so if I are saying you've killed the death in prayer, you've killed the flesh in prayer, right? What percentage of the flesh is dead <laughs> according to your level <laughs> of prayer? There's no, there's no parameters. Like, what, what percentage of your flesh is dead? Because last time I checked, especially those Christians that say that um, we're going to sin this and that. Okay, cool. So you've been praying for a period. So you're telling me you subdued your flesh to like twenty percent, but then you fell into sin. Did your flesh rise up to forty yeah. percent? How does it work? What do we, do we, do we yeah. ground? Does it stay where we are? <laughs> How much is worship? Because like, is, is worship more more powerful than prayers? Like, right? Then prayer praying exactly. six hours equals worship for two hours, but that equals fasting for three days. If you fast for three days, then you make like ninety percent stretch. It doesn't make sense. It's not a, at it's all. Not, it's not a scale for this thing. It's not a spectrum. It's a once and for all thing. You're either alive or you're dead. You I hope people know that this alive and dead. This totally like dismantles total depravity. Like it, it's not that. Like this this quote totally <coughs> dismantles total depravity. Like we're not we both end up another topic. Say, <laughs> uh, uh, it, uh, yeah, I guess it will be another episode. But like this, yeah, we're open up a completely different topic, bro. <laughs> it's 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 related a little bit, but. The Calvinists will be after it's us. Not, it's, it's, you're not, you're not <laughs> there to yeah, look yeah, at yourself them, as this. Well, we'll take them out. We'll take them all out. Trust me. Listen, we, we anyway, have the soul anyway. of the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take them all out. Listen, we will, listen, we will die on this hill. This is it. This is the gospel. Free from sin, man. Bro, period. This is what Jesus And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I don't care. See yourself as Christ. I don't Christ. care. Sees you. Simple. He's your standard. It's not what your pastor preaches on a Sunday, bro. Or the, these big guys. Christ is your standard. If he's overcome, you've overcome. Period. I'm not trying to hear anything else. Done. <laughs> well, guys, uh, that was a <laughs> very militant episode. Um, I hope it's best you guys. I hope you guys can leave here today knowing that you are presently free from sin. From sin. You, if you're struggling with that, struggling to believe that, like Jerome said, reach out to us. Check out our material. We've got loads of stuff on that. We've got books we can send you that teach this thing. This is the gospel. Jesus freed you from sin, removed you from the power of sin, and removed the presence of sin too. Not just, that doesn't happen when we die. That's happened. Sin that was in you has been removed, pulled out of you. Now you live in freedom. You are light in the Lord. You are righteous. You're holy. You're full of Christ, full of the Godhead, all these amazing things. Wow. Um, and yeah, that's been episode four of The Sweat. <clears throat> we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you guys next time.